Hello, Creepers. We're back. Hello, Creeper family. How are you, Christine? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm so excited to be here with you, Kim. Really excited. Yeah, we're, we made it back for another Creepy Talk. That's always fun. Yeah. What have you been up to lately? I've, I've had a good weekend. Uh, Dave and I have been kind of on this kick of grabbing movies from the red box and wow yeah. <laughs> good for you guys which requires us to like pick a movie out and like have a little bit of a plan around it but and he goes and picks them up we've done it a couple times now so uh yeah we're like putting the movie into the blu-ray player getting the dusty like remote out for the blu-ray player and like remembering how to use it it's so weird fun so what have you have you watched anything that we need to hear about or has it been bust so far well actually i've watched a couple good i want to mention tenant which i think uh i don't know if you've seen that or not it came out over the summer i have summer. not it's definitely one that should be you know, for the theater, I think some people were able to see it in the theater when the theaters were like open over the summer briefly. Uh, but it's one that requires like focus and and concentration. And I didn't really have that capacity. <laughs> so I just zoned off for parts and came back exactly. again. But it's Christopher Nolan who made Inception and then he okay. also was gotcha. the director for, like, the most recent Batman movies with Christian Bale. Oh, right. So it's probably shot really well. Really. Definitely. Beautifully. Yeah, done okay. really well. And it's, uh, yeah, like, it's definitely a good movie if you have, like, if you're into sort of that puzzling like trying to figure out the pieces and like a little bit of like time travel travel stuff future them back again and like trying to figure out all the answers and it's based off like the five tenants of something or other I did a little bit of research to it but it Ooh. it required too much brain capacity for me so okay I'll, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> I know I'm it. really building it up here right yeah, exactly. It's definitely, like, if you know Christopher Nolan, you know, like, his movies are worth it, but you have to be, like, they Invested are a little more intense. Ready. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. The other one that I watched that I was excited to tell you about was called Alone, which was actually, okay. I didn't realize it when we rented it, but was filmed in the Portland area. It actually has, like, Ooh. shots of Portland in it. And it's it's the perfect suspense it's the kind of movie I love I'm sure you do too Kim where it's not like blood and guts and gore but it's like you know it's got the the female protagonist who's like out and trying to to do her thing and then of course she comes upon a potential serial killer of sorts so Ooh. I don't want to give any of it away I just want okay, to plug a Oregon made movie of course because we got to back those up and it was actually like done really well it was suspenseful and and not super predictable oh good I'm glad you actually found something that was worth watching that's so hard to do like nine times out of ten it's ugh. I don't know the last movie I watched that I was like oh that was so good you know <laughs> so yeah hopefully 
hopefully alone will be that one for me. Well, I think we're so used to all of our shows and we can watch like full seasons of things and half of a day. And do you ever get in the mood to just watch a movie though? Yeah, you know, I do. It's but again, it's rare that I find one where that it just grabs me Mm -hmm. like that. But we're more of like a series binge watching series type of thing going on, which is hard too. you know. Well, I wanted to um, make sure that we plugged our uh, Instagram, Unexplained Oregon, or Unexplained Or, sorry, plug our Unexplained Oregon at Gmail and our Facebook page at Unexplained Definitely. Oregon. I also want to say if you've enjoyed what you've listened to already today, <laughs> yeah, go in and like us, subscribe, tell a friend. <laughs> We're a small podcast, so if you tell somebody, it makes a difference. If you leave a it sure does. yeah, if you leave a positive review, it makes a difference. Uh, we want to keep yep. doing this, and we want you know we are really inspired by our listeners. We really love getting on here and and talking about things that we think you all enjoy listening to. So. Um, you know, keep the messages coming, keep the emails coming. We get like, definitely get inspired by those. So that brings me to the subject for this week, Kim, which Mm -hmm. we want to start out by saying that, um, January 11th was actually human trafficking awareness day. Did you know that Kim? I had no idea. And you had mentioned that before we hit record and I was, I, I definitely think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, I think it's important because we have, like, you know, not every week we have sprinkled in stories about, like, Sasquatch and UFOs and ghosts and ghost towns and, you know, the creepy stuff that we love to talk about, too. But we have also discussed, like, these, you know, more serious, heavy topics of of women that have, you know, gone missing or you know, violence against women. So we needed to mention the fact that this month is, you know, or January 11th is um, is a day that we should be aware of. And I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit briefly about what human trafficking is and that it wasn't until 2007 that this day was even, like, acknowledged. The Senate designated January 11th as the National Day of Human Trafficking Awareness. And Hmm. human trafficking is the act of compelling a person by force, fraud, or coercion to provide labor or commercial or a commercial sex act. Coercion can be subtle and traffickers use manipulation and threats of physical, psychological, or emotional harm. Traffickers target those who are most vulnerable for exploitation. For example, children, runaways, the mentally or physically disabled, or those suffering from poverty, substance abuse disorder, neglect, or abuse. Victims are lured, manipulated, and controlled by the trafficker via false promises concerning relationships, employment, lifestyle, or drug availability. They are treated Mm. as commodities. So that's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. It's pretty heavy. Sad. It's heavy. And I think for me before, you know, when I've thought about 
it I always kind of picture like you know the the sexual coercion or um, that aspect of it but what we know is that it really is um, many forms of trafficking are happening in terms of just labor or yeah. um, you know there there's a lot happening not only globally but you know within the United States and then even within certain states or locations and I just think it's worth mentioning that it's it's important because, you know, we as listeners to the podcast, as people, humans, we need to be aware of what's happening around us. And we've always talked about this on this podcast is, is there something that we missed out on? Is there something that, you know, somebody drove by or we noticed a kid or something just looked off, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of this of trafficking, that's a big part of it is being aware of our surroundings and the people that we encounter and and are there um, signs that maybe we're missing or we could be looking out for when we are, you know, in public and around other people. I think that's a big part of this, right, Kim? Yeah, there. It's just we've. It's such a different world now. You have like internet trafficking going on. There's so many different aspects to worry about now, you know. But I I was kind of like you. You always just go back to, you know, the girl being kidnapped and used for sex, but there are a different a lot of different ways that you can be trafficked and that it, you know, when you sit and think about it, it's pretty scary. Uh, and when you, there's so much information out there, I mean, just when you and I started to, before we hit record, we were researching some stuff. And so there is a lot of information to pull up there as far as, you know, where the different states rank and, and that type of thing. That's really interesting, you know, uh, if you, if you want to read about it, right? I mean, yeah, there's definitely statistics even just about the state of Oregon that are interesting. And I'm we're not going to go into all of that on this episode, because that's not necessarily like what, (laughs) you know, what we're we're about, but we need to be aware that, um, you know, that that things are happening around us and that we might be you know, we have our lens on in our own little world and trying to get through our day, but there are people being impacted by these bigger issues. And, and some of them may be, you know, the people that we've talked about and covered on these cases or on this Sure, podcast. we're going we're gonna to talk about um, someone that we covered, Fauna Fry, and there's a little bit more information out there. Um, you know, again, we still don't know what happened, but you had mentioned that you have a little bit more information that you found. Yeah, I had mentioned this before that there's a YouTube video out there um, from Left Undone. And this is a gal named Catherine who lives locally and she has put a couple of episodes out there regarding, you know, from the beginning regarding this case and her interactions with um, Fauna's friends and kind of what, what she's experienced. And, and she's very like, just kind of fact-based really with no, obviously no ties to the case other than the fact that, you know, she has a community of true crime lovers, like, like our listeners and like us, 
And also okay. she lives in the community down here. And so there's this additional like desire to figure out what happened to Fauna because she lives here in this community. Okay. And yeah, interesting. So a couple things we want to talk about with Fauna that we have found out since we covered Fauna last time. We found out that she actually picked up a female hitchhiker uh, shortly after she left um, her home. She picked this gal up and was and felt very inclined to helping her. Um, okay. I believe she purchased some clothing for her and also gave her some some money. And so she was interacting with this, you know, person that she didn't know. I don't know if it was typical of her to pick up hitchhikers. Uh, the dad, John, has spoken with this this gal. The police have interviewed her, and she was not. She's not uh, involved at all in any way. Okay. They don't believe. I don't. From what I could gather, she doesn't have anything to do with Fauna's disappearance, but she did have contact with Fauna. Uh, okay. And so I thought that was interesting to mention that I didn't realize there was that uh, interaction until I, I watched Catherine's videos on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that, uh, the car, so the car was found in September. New information for us is that the vehicle itself was sort of like apparently a car that is often stolen or carjacked. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and also the location of where the car was found is, is sort of this, like, place that's well known for drop-offs of cars like this and for various reasons. Like, people know the location for various reasons. I recently saw, like, a video uh, where Rick Dancer, you know, updates the case of and has Fauna's dad on and they talked about sort of this location being hmm. well known for car drop-offs for different things like that so it's well known but also I think people dump things there maybe Jeez. so that was kind of new information for us uh and I thought it was worth mentioning and Fauna's dad also mentioned that once they found the car multiple counties were involved and various different like search entities so they had they I mean he listed like miners from the area were looking construction crews were looking a helicopter was looking like they Jeez. that car really like I think set off you know, a whole nother um, insurgence of support. And wow. I think since then, nothing else has really happened until recently, which we'll touch on. Her dad, at the time of the video with Rick Dancer, really believed that, you know, that the options for what might have happened to Fauna are still foul play, that mm -hmm. potentially with everything she had had going on with the loss of all these people in her life that she had maybe had some kind of a, you know, a, a mental health crisis and oh. uh, that she had, you know, had some kind of a breakdown. But I 
feel as though her behavior with helping other people, making a hotel reservation, like that doesn't sound to me like somebody who was incapacitated mentally or in, going sure. into some kind of a psychosis or depression. That sounds like someone who is planning for the future. And so, sure. and, and being yeah. mindful of another human and helping another human like that, those are actions of someone who is, you know, she's even calling her dad to check in with him. So, right. Uh, now, Christine, there was some information that we had talked about where, um, I don't know if we mentioned where they know she had visited the fish hatchery, right? So that... Talk to me about that. Uh, they have a an invoice or what? How do they know she was at the fish hatchery? Yeah, so... She had bought a two-bay pass or... Just within a few days ago, her Facebook page uh, updated and said that they found out that Fauna purchased a park pass for June 28th and June 29th to Fish Hatchery North Park. And they even gave, like, the address... Uh, they were hmm. they released that information hoping that someone saw her, that someone saw her fill out the envelope and put the $10 in it and put it in the collection box there. So apparently nobody mans that box. It's not like there's a, a person standing at the entrance of the park. I think you would mm -hmm. just submit your money and somebody obviously comes through and picks it up. And and I did read that they closed the park, I think, maybe at certain times, but nobody's, like, manning it all of the time. So they were hoping hmm. that maybe somebody had seen her do that, that someone saw her car, someone saw that if maybe she was with someone. And so they're asking people to look at your phones, your cameras, anything that you may have seen that day, and if you have anything on your phone, you know, to contact them or email them at findfaunafray at gmail.com. Uh, so again, asking for people's help because now they have one more piece of data, which I don't know yeah. how they gathered that. I don't know how it took them that long to find out. I mean, this was back in June, end of June and it's huh. January. So how they even discovered that, uh, maybe, you know, she must've put her name on something or her license plate or something on the, the envelope, I would assume. So. Now they have one more piece of data. They're asking for more help. Uh, I don't know yeah. that, you know, it does give insight to her future planning, her future forward thinking. So she wasn't not planning on doing things. She wasn't going to sure. go, it sounds like, and hurt herself or harm herself and that she had lost all hope. She was, you know, doing things that imply that she was, you know, there for a reason. She had plans. She was paying for things. So, yeah, it's really strange. And um, we were talking about Catherine, uh, who pieced together this, this information that you can watch on YouTube out there. But basically, I found it was interesting. You told me that she basically puts all this information together and has come up with the theory that it was about a 10 to 15 minute in time where something could have happened. So she's accounted all this information, all this time where Fauna was at, but she, except for this 10 to 15 minute window of time, correct? Which is yeah, creepy. So Catherine, 
she has another video out there where she talks about being actually in touch with the family members and sort of, you know, they had been communicating and wanting to use her as a platform and and connect with her, especially because she's actually located in, in the area. Yeah. So it's feet on the ground, right? And mm-hmm. she was communicating with them and then felt like just uncomfortable, I think, with some of it and decided to just do her own thing. And and with mm. Fauna in mind, but also with the idea that we live in these communities, that this is more mm-hmm. than just Fauna. This is more than just Michael Bryson. This is more than just Leon O'Kinsey. These are, these are communities where things are happening and we're talking about them, but also because we live here and we want, mm-hmm. we want to know what's going on. We want to know about our safety. We want to know about the statistics. We want to know about why law enforcement isn't sharing information. And I yeah. understand that they're still looking. I understand that there's still suspects and there's probably information that they want to keep protected. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there is with Fauna. I'm sure there are things they have not shared. But, um, you know, is it is that helpful to the people that are actually still in the communities who are maybe unaware of what's what their safety or what the safety conditions really are around here? We don't have all the data. And mm-hmm. well, we we know what the media wants us to know, I think, you know. That's in any given story out there. So uh, I commend people like Catherine that actually go on there and take the time and get out there and put all this information together. I mean, um, yeah, she drove the route. So she has a video where she drove the route of Fauna's like trip and everything. And I mentioned this when we first talked about Fauna, that this was out there, but I actually watched it all. And she does a really good job. And there's something about being from these local communities. It it's mm-hmm. it means a lot. It it something about her video really hit me this time. And I realized that this is the part of it that you and I haven't really touched on as much. That you know, I understand that these families are using. You know, they are probably bombarded by media by all sorts of different people and yet they're choosing like one platform of someone who doesn't even live in this community as their Mm -hmm. platform that they're talking to and I say this because they're talking and they're going out there but they're not really telling us anything new right we're like I'm trying to get more information and and John Fauna's dad did share a few more things but I feel like I learned more from watching Catherine's video. I felt like I I was mm. more impacted by uh, this idea that I think is why you and I are doing this too, that we are impacted. We are mm-hmm. still living here. We have children. And it's the reason why we've been talking about all of this from the beginning, asking people to keep an eye out, be careful with your kids. <laughs> Yeah, be aware of your surroundings. You know, there's so many things as parents and people that we need to be mindful of. For sure, it's so interesting and kind of does bring me, but make me think of that Michael Bryson case that we briefly covered because I mentioned he was out um, camping in an area and uh, 
was at this party, I guess, called a renegade party, which happens in the forest <laughs> with young people. I mean, it sounds like a pretty elaborate thing. I had no idea that that was going on out in the forest yeah. or whatever with our young people. So, I mean, just being aware there um, is definitely, and it just also makes me think back to our human trafficking talk, uh, you know, although we don't you know, believe Michael Bryson was human trafficked or anything, but he definitely was in a position out there where he thought he was safe. He thought he was amongst friends and in a place where, you know, he could cut loose. And uh, there is little information still coming out about his case. I know recently they found some items uh, and released a little bit of information but they can't really release anything it kind of sounded like they had two different theories and but again um maybe we don't know all of the facts because they can't release that information to us it's just i think any information out there helps right and um if we can just be aware one of the great things about Facebook is you can create these pages for these people and really get some kind of awareness out there. Right. Right. And, or you can create a podcast like we did and, and talk about these things mm -hmm. uh, and, and create some kind of passion out there in the community because obviously um, human trafficking is a very serious thing that needs more people in our community to be passionate about it. It's, it's horrible it's scary, uh, and I think sometimes when when it's horrible and scary, it's easier to look the other way, right? We're really wanting to talk about today is is just this information sharing, and you know, there everyone has kind of I guess a different motive. You know, Michael Bryson's family wants him to be found. They definitely talk about him in past tense now and and have been you yeah, said they have been for so a while sad. yeah so uh, for them it's about you know uh i think mostly having somebody come forward probably much like with fauna somebody that has seen something somebody that maybe accidentally took a picture and didn't even know they had important information same with with michael like maybe somebody saw something heard something but is too afraid to come forward they very much feel as though there are two scenarios that cross paths and i it sounds like there you know there are maybe some some people that they suspect but they're not saying they really believe that he did not walk out of the party and the woods on his own accord and that information definitely came after they found some of his belongings. Right? Mm -hmm. You said something about them having like drone footage, right? Yeah, they're um, on this last. There is a podcast out there dedicated to Michael Bryson um, called Nowhere to Be Found. And on this last one, um, I think her name's Amanda. That that has produced this podcast she interviews uh, a gentleman who has been helping with some dr drone searches he he felt like he had searched the area where these items were found before and they weren't there 
so that was interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I again, any any information and enter, any energy that goes out there towards these missing people, towards Fauna and Michael, Leona, all these people we've covered, Kyron, um, it can't help. It can't hurt, sorry. And uh, we just want to help and bring awareness to these subjects you know um i couldn't imagine having a family member out there or even like we talked about last week with you know the unidentified bodies that have been found Mm -hmm. and you know it's just crazy i couldn't imagine and my heart really goes out uh, to these people, but it re- and also to the people that actually take the ground, you know, take the information and have enough passion to keep this, get some information out there for us, right? Yeah. So uh, I want to just talk about a really quickly. Make sure you know we'll we'll always plug like you know. Let's find Michael Bryson is his Facebook page. I know that they they mentioned his family mentioned that there are there's a way on there to print out flyers if you ever wanted to be a yes. part of that. Her Facebook page also helped find Fauna Fry. Uh, and so there's always updates on those and information and I want to plug just kind of the warning signs also to kind of keep this data out there, keep this information okay. out there. So um, the thing that's interesting is this is a crime that's hidden in plain sight and we should be aware of the warning signs. So here's a couple of indications that a person might be a victim of human trafficking. And this is Mm, in particular with women and children. They may appear malnourished. They may show signs of physical injuries and abuse. They often might avoid eye contact, social interaction, and authority figures or law enforcement, uh, seeming to adhere to scripted or rehearsed responses in social interactions, lacking official identification documents, appearing destitute, Mm. lacking personal possessions, working excessively long hours, living at a place of employment, checking into hotel motels with older males and referring to those males as boyfriends or daddy, which is a straight slang for pimp, poor physical or dental health, tattoos, branding on the neck or lower back, untreated sexually transmitted diseases, small children serving in a family restaurant, security Mm. measures that appear to keep people inside an establishment, barbed wire, wire inside of a fence, bars covering the inside of windows not allowing people to go into public alone or speak for themselves. Um, so I, and we were talking ahead of time, Kim, how, you know, you can go into public now in rest areas and restrooms and see signs, you know, on the inside of the door that, that offer ways for um, a person who might be using the bathroom you know to get some help have you seen those we've seen those signs yeah yeah i think that's great yeah uh really scary it's so scary uh it is very scary but i'd like to you know think that if i was ever in the position you know at a restaurant at a store somewhere where yeah i got that gut feeling and you know something doesn't feel right that 
I to actually say something. Mm-hmm. I think it's in this society, you know, you don't know who you're going to encounter and it's easy to not want the drama in your life. Yeah. So um, thank you for reading those signs. Yeah. You know? There's a 188 human national human trafficking hotline. There's also a website humantraffickinghotline.org. This is a 24 hour, seven day a week hotline that's been set up. 188-373-7888. I think we just have become more aware of what Mm -hmm. is going on around us. Like we said, even though we don't want to know or talk about it, I think we have to, Mm -hmm. right, Kim? For sure. We definitely have to. Everybody needs to. Yeah. Uh, Everyone needs to be aware of January 11th, Human Trafficking Awareness Day, right? Oh, definitely. Maybe I feel pretty inspired to um, that we covered it this week, that we're putting this information out there for people. We always enjoy um, talking about the lighter things like ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot. And we actually have some fun, creepy talks coming up with Dan, my dad, about (laughs) UFOs. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We've talked about having Dave on again. And um, so we are going to lighten this up, but I definitely feel now that we've covered this, that this human trafficking is, we're going to talk about it more and more. I think so. Um, Yeah, I think definitely, you know, why it's important is because we don't know what, what happened or what's happened to these loved ones. And we can't rule out that something happened to Fauna Fry like this, like human trafficking. We can't you know, there are definitely women disappearing down here in Southern Oregon. And so right. maybe it's not an issue of human trafficking, but it is an issue of information and information sharing. And mm-hmm. we need to keep each other safe and keep our eyes open and and not let our guard down just because we're in a situation where we think we know the people or we're familiar with the outdoors or whatever, right? We need to be for sure aware of our surroundings and, and take good care of ourselves and the people around us. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but yep. I'm with you. We're going to have some upcoming episodes that are definitely not as heavy. We're going to, you know, Kim and Dan... Dave and I are talking about updating on cattle mutilations. He actually wants to talk more about that because we've gotten some new <laughs> yes. information on that. And so we're going to update some of those episodes. We'll have more lighthearted and fun ones, right, Kim? Right. <laughs> we'll drink some. Wine tips that we don't know. Maybe we'll drink, maybe we won't. Oh, we're drinking know. some. <laughs> <laughs>